Hi, and welcome to the Trail to Austin, the place to get to meet the people from Austin and find out how they became the people of Austin. I'm your host, Bob Morse, and sitting across town on his 40 acres looking for his mule is Joel McCall. A, it's only 30, and B, the mule was a neighbor's. So. Uh, okay. Well, we'll make sure to, to uh, update the uh, statistics there and make sure everything's good. Please on. do. Please do. Well, so today I want to, we're going to do a little something different to kick off the new year, kind of. Um, we, you know, we started this podcast to find out, um, you know, people's attraction to Austin and what they're doing in Austin. Uh, what they got here. Yeah, how they got here, that hence called the trail to Austin. Yeah, what, what was their winding path that got them here? But today we thought we would try something a little different. We're going to take a look at the trailhead, as it were. <laughs> where these people are coming from. So um, we have with us uh, Mark Calvi. He's the senior business writer for um, the San Francisco Business it's Journal. San Francisco Business Times. Times, yes. Okay. And he's going to talk to us a little bit about the uh, trend of and what's going on here. And we're going to find out a little more about what, what keeps driving these people from the uh, West Coast to... Uh, East California, better known as Austin. Uh, so, um, but first, I want hey, to go, go ahead. Welcome. It's nice to see you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So um, I thought what we'd do is um, get a little bit about your background. You know, where, where did you grow up? You know, did you grow up in the Bay Area? Stuff like that. Like so many, I moved to the Bay Area from elsewhere. I grew up in the Rust Belt city of Cleveland, Ohio. All right. And, for, yes, excellent. Uh, and for a while, I uh, worked uh, on the business desk at the Akron Beacon Journal uh, during my college years. And we lost so many manufacturing jobs in Akron. That was when Rubber City was losing all the tire makers that I called it, you know, covering business then was like covering a never ending funeral. So no surprise, I headed south as soon as I could. I got an internship at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which was my first experience covering a boom town. Uh, that was in the late 80s, but certainly Atlanta is still growing and it was it was a unique experience even something as simple as somebody forming a community bank i had never seen such a phenomenon in atlanta they said oh this is the weekly event don't get too excited because in you know ohio you just didn't see that at that time uh and from there went to the, the palm beach post in west palm beach florida again again it was a fun city to live in but i did the proverbial thing of putting all my belongings in the back of a honda civic drove across the i-10 to california moved to l.a and once I got there, I started looking for a job. And that was the type of spirit you can come to California, find a job, you know, make ends meet while you do so. And I did land at Investors Business Daily, which was fun to cover all these fast growing companies represented by the stock market. And then uh, from there, I went over to Charlotte to work at the Charlotte Observer Business Desk. And then came back to San Francisco in the California in 1994 and have been covering Bay Area business since then. And this is a region that's changed dramatically in those years. Oh, I would bet. Yeah. So you took a circuitous route to get to the city by the bay. Absolutely. You know, when you've got one newspaper towns, going to another new daily newspaper often requires moving to another city. Sure. Well, I hope you got frequent flyer miles. I sure did, and I'm burning them off. I'm burning them off. Nice. Well, as we alluded to earlier, this this year, I mean, Austin every year seems to set a um, record for number of people, and every year they tell us it's a record, and then the next year it's a record again of people moving in. But 
this year seemed to be a little different um, as far as we're getting people from places we've never seen before. I mean, it used to be, I, I would estimate in past years, you'd see about one in 20 foreign license plates. You know, when you're driving down the road, maybe one in 50. I mean, Joel, you can tell me if I'm way off. But this year, it seems like one in 10. <laughs> it used to be they were mostly California, um, you know, with some Florida sprinkled in and stuff. But I, I'm seeing stuff I've never seen before, you know, Idaho, uh, Hawaii. Saw a Hawaii plate the other day. Uh, That's Alaska. a long bridge. Yep. So we wanted to get your take on, you know, we've always had a steady stream of Californians. But what do you think opened the floodgate this year? Um, I think COVID was a big factor because not only could people, you know, work um, away from where they thought their job, you know, they used to think I've got to live in the city where I work, that type of thing, or at least in the region. And I think that idea has been broken um, and liber you know, people feel liberated to move where they wish to, especially with the technology. And I was even speaking with a Silicon Valley money manager today, and she said between pandemic, remote work, and taxes, um, more and more of her wealthy clients are looking to leave the Bay Area. And I think the, the COVID had a big part to do with that this year. And then also the tax reform in late 2017 that capped the uh, state and local tax deduction to $10,000. That's a huge hit. That's a huge increase in the cost of living for Californians. And so we we spotted that immediately and said, we're going to see a tax exodus growing from that. We never imagined that COVID would kick in um, and really accelerate the, the exodus, as we call it. Yeah. So, I mean, we've over the last few weeks, we've had a lot of announcements of uh, corporate relocations here, which has become the, the big thing. Uh, Oracle, obviously, Tesla, uh, HP moved over uh, just north of Houston. So is there any, I mean, what are, what are people saying? Well, it, it is stunning. Um, I, I think the business leadership uh, is, is, awakening, is awakening. I recently did a piece about the Bay Area as a region moving from denial to alarm. And that's within the business community because it is so stunning. And especially the way Oracle did it. Uh, dropping an SEC filing saying, you know, principal city now, Austin, Texas, instead of Redwood City, uh, California. That was stunning. Whereas with Chuck Schwab, we talked to him every year after the annual meeting and he would discuss why he has to move to a lower cost market. We always thought, you know, of course, that he was heading off to, to the Dallas area. But at least then you had several years of signaling he was planning to move the company. Oracle was like, you know, just a, a, an SEC filing was all it took. And we're talking to site selection consultants that say the corporate headquarters is one of the easiest things to move because it usually just means dropping a press release. Right. So well, what especially about these days because everything is so remote and decentralized. Yes, yes, indeed. And I know uh, even Jim Wonderman of the Bay Area Council, a business group, he thinks this headquarters exodus is just beginning. So that, I think, is quite telling that there may be more companies heading your way. So what so about what HP? is the Austin mystique out there? What is the, the vision that you guys have the wild, wild west out here? Well, I think one is keeping Austin weird, that whole vibe. It's a hip fun city. That is a huge draw for Bay Area residents. And I think there's a short list of cities that are drawing people out of the Bay Area. I think Denver, Nashville, 
many in Florida. But when you think of what feels like a, a San Francisco or what San Francisco used to be, Austin clearly is at the top of the shortlist for many people. You can see that. Yep. So I would, I'm going to go back for a minute to uh, HP since they were one of the uh, first, I guess, companies to headquarter out there. Was there any sense of they were going to say adios and? I think that was another one that came as a surprise. And, you know, that was, that's the granddaddy of Silicon Valley. That's why we have Silicon Valley. So it was quite, it was a shock. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but we can see why they're moving, you know, given the benefits of going to the, to Houston. Um, but I don't think that's been the wake up call yet. We're still kind of waiting for our political leaders to kind of wake up to the crisis that I think is unfolding. But um, I recently just reached out to some companies. I was doing like a year-end, what are five companies we should watch for them to move their headquarters? And even I was stunned. Wells Fargo earlier in the year said their headquarters will remain in San Francisco. That language in their statement was gone. Now they just said continues to be located, headquartered in San Francisco. So that's kind of a warning sign. But even Levi Strauss, which is subleasing more than 25% of its headquarters space here in San Francisco, I said, are you planning to move the headquarters? And they just had a curt reply like, this is the only announcement we have right now. That's alarming for two city, two companies that have been here since the gold rush. Right. To have them, I would think they'd want to extol you know, their years, their legacy here, how they've been here since the city started, you know, that type of thing. Nope. It's uh, these statements that almost signal like, you know, we're packing our boxes as we send this statement over to you. That's the, the feeling I get. <laughs> well, it's interesting because, I mean, I know you guys there obviously are right on the ocean. Yeah. So and there's mountains relatively close. Um, you know, we have to drive three and a half hours to the ocean and we've got some hills out west of town, but nothing, you know, like that. So yeah. It seems like there would be something they feel like they're missing out on, you know, by not having all that stuff at at their disposal, the people moving here. Yes, it, it's a beautiful state. Uh, as you're saying from the background, just for the mm -hmm. Golden Gate Bridge, uh, it is, it, we, we have, we're blessed with geography and weather. Um, and it's just, it's sad. I know uh, your former governor, Rick Perry, made a trip, one of many to the California and the Bay Area. And he, he said he told the, the folks at Toyota, what is the state doing that you would leave this beautiful environment, this beautiful, you know, the beaches and the mountains? And uh, it's this public policy and the tax policies that are really forcing people to decide I, they're better off out of the state. And uh, Elon Musk gets the headlines, but the um, real concern is the number of middle-class Californians that are deciding right. they're better off out of state. Well, that's that's been one of the problems we've had here in Austin, though, I will say, is the ones who get to move here and keep their California wages. And, you know, the cost of living is so much lower here. It, our, our cost of living are skyrocketing, you know, and there, we actually had the other day uh, some realty group went before the city council and said, look, this is unsustainable. We can't do this. You you got to find a way to slow down the influx, you know, because we're driving housing prices through the roof. So, and I can imagine. And when you think of these uh, Californians coming in with their California home sales, uh, 
the money manager I spoke with today, I was surprised because she was touting property taxes as a draw for places like Texas, which is not normally what I hear when it comes to property taxes in Texas. And, you know, we enjoy Prop 13. So I asked her to explain that and she was eager to clarify. She said, somebody dropping $5 million on a home in the Bay Area can go to the Austin area and get a nice house for a million or two. She said, so that you're lowering your cost of living so dramatically. And she said, the tax savings alone, they can spend a week at the beach, go to Hawaii, whatever they want to do, just on the money they're saving on taxes. Yeah, that's why I kind so, of figured. So, Joel? It seems to me that the definition of middle class itself changes from the Bay Area to Austin. I think you're right. I mean, the... the um, the, the just the whole the, the the dollar going so much further in your housing costs, not having the taxes that you've got to pay. And uh, I've talked to some people about these companies that announce, you know, if you move to Texas, we're going to cut your pay. And they they're arguing that's more talk than reality because the top engineer in Texas that's making that move is likely not going to see the pay cut that's been publicly announced. So it is interesting uh, people that can take their California salaries or, you know, the stock option package or what have you, and go to Texas can be really getting a sweet deal. Yep. No, definitely. Now, you said there was some other places that um, that people are heading to. What is What are the trends you're seeing there? Um, it's kind of interesting to see people reassessing where they want to move to. Um, they're now like, as you may know, Arizona recently adopted a 78% income tax hike on their most successful residents. That is scaring people here in California that they've been able to do that in Arizona. So they're now looking at what are the prospects of a state adopting a state income tax or raising it at the ballot box. So places like Texas, Florida and Tennessee are moving higher on the list because of their structure, their uh, commitment to the no income, no state income tax, at least on the uh, individual level. So they're kind of looking at what is the threat taxes will move higher, not just what the current rates are. And I even said in Tennessee, they um, might as well have said, welcome to Tennessee. If you've got money, head to Texas or Florida because they tax dividends, municipal bond interest, and like they're getting rid of all of that to make them even more attractive as this of a state. So I'd say the top three states there, Texas, Florida, and Tennessee, is these wealthy folks, they've experienced California and these ever higher tax increases, and they want to get away from that environment. Um, so I think it's that's where things stand currently. I noticed one of the things that, that's funny, I'm, I'm part of a Facebook group that's, uh, I just joined for research purposes called Moving to Austin, Texas. And one of the funny things that that uh, people say, you know, somebody will ask someone, you you moved from California, you know, what what's the worst thing you found there? And he's like, the homeless problem is no different. Yeah, so yes, it, but you guys are paying an exorbitant amount of taxes, to have that problem, you know, where I guess we're, we feel like, we're, it for free. yeah, we get it for free. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> well, I, I know we're paying several hundred million dollars a year for just in the city of San Francisco for homeless services. And it's not it's not solving the problem. We're still dealing with the tent cities, especially with COVID. Um, I also find some of the comments interesting on Facebook where people often will announce I'm officially moved to Texas or Florida uh, from California. And literally 20 years ago, you'd be getting people commiserating, you know, why are you moving? What, you know, you're going to miss California. None of that anymore. It's um, I'm thinking about moving to or make sure you use the ballot box in Texas to make sure the state doesn't become another California. It's just interesting how the, the, the community reacts to someone moving these days versus uh, yesteryear. Yeah, it was interesting. I heard an interview with um, Gavin Newsom somewhere the other day, and I tried to find the audio for it, guys, because I wanted to be able to play it, but I, I couldn't find it. Um, where he was, and I've actually heard the audio, um, he was quoting uh, Jerry Brown when that someone was asking him about the mass exodus, and he said, where are you going to go? You know, and it's like, well, apparently Texas. <laughs> yeah. You remember where I said the regions and moving from denial to, yeah. you know, uh, alarm? The, the governor is behind the curve on this one. Um, there's a there's a short list, like I said, that, that people are going to. And these are the taxpayers that the state is depending on. And I know even the uh, former uh, Wells Fargo CEO, Dick Kovacevic, he'll call me and say, the lawmakers don't realize raising taxes does not mean you're going to get more tax revenue, uh, especially when people have the option of moving and they're doing so. I don't know what it's going to take to wake up Sacramento. Yeah, I knew, wow. Go ahead, Joel. <clears throat> well, I have talked to several people uh, and it just kind of amazes me how many people have moved to Austin without ever having been here. You know, is it Austin City Limits TV show? Is it Willie Nelson? Is it? I think it's the buzz factor on Austin. I really do think um, the the on paper it looks fantastic. On the, the cultural, you know, music scene, it looks great. Uh, I, I feel that you've got a lot of people that you know used to go to California, the dream. You know what I'm saying? Like I did. I moved here without the job, and I think what's happening is that's shifted in reverse. And now uh, Californians are saying, "Hey, you know, Austin can really offer me a lot. I can live so much better in Austin than I can here in the Bay Area." Well, I have to point out that both Bob and I are from Oklahoma, and we're having an interesting conversation here because. Our ancestors loaded up the Model Ts and drove west to California. Oh, interesting. Yes, that was a big trend, uh, you know, during the Depression. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But I mean, Grapes of Wrath, came... you maybe have heard of it. I <laughs> nice. Well, I know when Joel and I both came here, I mean, you could, I used to travel all the time when I first came here. And I would tell people I was from Austin, Texas, and they're like, what's there? Yeah, they knew the University of Texas was here and the, and the governor's, or the state capitol. And um, I was telling Joel the other day, there used to be a distinct difference in this city when school was in and school was out at UT. And you, you could tell the difference. It was like a ghost town in the middle of summer. But mm. now you can't tell when schools in or out. Yeah, there's just so oh, much buzz. 
So much is happening in Austin. And even here sitting in the Bay Area, we're looking at the Austin Business Journal to see airlift is increasing significantly out of Austin. Mm -hmm. Hawaiian Airlines now flying to Honolulu from Austin. Uh, today, Alaska announced they're moving, adding flights from uh, L.A. to Austin. So there's that buzz factor that feeds on itself. Well, and there's always been that pipeline from Austin to San Jose or Silicon Valley, you know, the, the nerd bird that would fly. And uh, it's just kind of interesting that a lot of people are taking the nerd bird one way now. Mm -hmm. In reverse, the, the numbers are just that compelling. Uh, yeah. You know, when you start doing the crunch, number crunching and quality of life, um, you know, keep in mind the San Francisco median home price is 1.7 million. And that's <laughs> not a fancy house. Uh, you know, a studio, 500 square foot studio, 600,000 in, in the heart of San Francisco. So you can see what that would buy you in Austin compared to, you know, living in 500 square feet here in the city of San Francisco. So is it just the housing causing the buzz or is there other factors? I think, I, I think even more important than housing is taxes because, Absolutely. you know, they're, you know, you would think, okay, maybe the state's thinking about change, you know, cutting taxes or at least, you know, quelling fears are going higher. No, um, they, they last year they proposed raising the state's highest in the, in the whole land, 13.3% top marginal tax rate. They wanted to raise it to 16.8%. No bet, no lower taxes for capital gains, which is a huge factor for investors and venture capitalists. So sure. that's hefty. And then they wanted to create a wealth tax. And uh, the accountants are saying they're going to pay us tens of thousands of dollars just to calculate if they owe it. So these things spook people um, dramatically. They haven't even, they've not been adopted, but people are acting and starting to have moving be, just with the threat of them. Yeah, it just stuns me that they're seeing this happening and they think they can tax their way out of it. You know, that this is, oh, well, if we're getting less revenue, let's raise the raise the price. <laughs> exactly. And I, I think it's just the political dynamics of a one-party state. There is no, you know, opposition party. They're all concerned about being primaried on the on the left of them. So they're very focused on, you know, the unions and their needs for the pensions and the, the tech wealthy, and even there, I'd say they're falling short when it comes to keeping the tech talent here. Yeah. Isn't this what happened to the Roman Empire? It feels like it feels like this time is different in terms of the decline of California as we know it. Can they save themselves? And it does feel like this great, you know, wonderful state, lots of innovation, great universities, is just shooting, shooting itself in the foot doesn't really begin to capture what it feels like when you're here. And it's not just um, those that are moving to Austin or have already done so, but when you see your friends leave, you start to wonder, should I stay? What's the tax bill going to be like for those that are left here having to cover the all the expenses? So um, even as an exodus, it starts feeding on, a, feeding on itself in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we discussed this the other day, um, but you know, there's been some talk about trying to tax people for 10 years after they leave the state. That was part of that wealth tax. And it feels on, a, on the face of it that it would be uh, illegal and that the courts would cut that out. I mean, it just can you imagine being a Texan for your 10th year as a Texan and still get it paying California taxes with no representation? It just doesn't make sense. But this is the silliness that's going on out of Sacramento. And that's 
it just scares people when you start seeing these type of things. And it doesn't help the state's image in the national media because, you know, people, um, even, you know, Fox Business said it's not an exodus, it's a jailbreak trying <laughs> to get out of California and it's tax clutches. You know, the taxing for 10 years after you leave, it sounds a whole lot like alimony. It doesn't it? Yes. It's just, it's, I don't even know how it goes forward and gets even put into legislation. It's such a, so off the wall. Yeah. I can't even imagine that ever being enacted. Yeah, I think one. you're right about that. But you know, like once a uh, person that moved to he was going to move. He said he was paying $800,000 a year in extra taxes just to be in San Francisco. But with the, with the pandemic and everything, the lockdowns, he decided he was dumping his $5 million house and going to Boulder. And he doesn't, he doesn't give credence to the wealth tax. He doesn't think that's going to be doable. But he, it's just that the, just the threat of higher income taxes, the wealth tax was enough for him to pull the trigger and hike, you know, hike out of here. Wow. Well, I know that's how we got Joe Rogan this year because he signed that hefty new uh, contract with Sirius XM. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm not giving California that much money. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, the numbers don't make sense. The, I think y'all are just missing the, the absolute solution to this and it's don't make any money. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, about taxes. Well, there's plenty of Californians not making money. And <laughs> that's part of the problem. They're depending on the middle class to help, you know, lift everybody up. These these uh, ambitious goals the, the, the state has. But you need people here to pay their taxes to be able to offer those benefits. And you're just losing the the taxpayers that are, you know, helping make those things possible. Yeah. Oh, by the way, did you hear one of our newest residents, Joel, is now the wealthiest person in the U.S.? Well, you're Musk. kidding. Yeah, Elon, oh, Musk, Elon Musk. Musk. Oh, yes. Bezos yes, today. that was quite dramatic uh, that he's done so well. Clearly, you know, a visionary. And uh, I see uh, there's an attitude among some in the general public here, good riddance if Elon Musk goes. Um there's a disconnect, I think, just in terms of the public's understanding that these are the folks that are making all of this possible, spurring the innovation, generating the tax revenues and the jobs that are needed for all of us to enjoy prosperity. Yeah. Well, I understand he wants to dig a tunnel under Austin and uh, put in some mass transit, too. So I'm, knock yourself out. That's great. <laughs> And he's a colorful character. I know uh, my Austin colleagues are going to have fun covering him. <laughs> so I, I worked for a year for the Austin Business Journal. Excellent. And, uh, but back before Austin had any business to cover, really. <laughs> and now it's, you know, uh, often ranking as one of our uh, best performing papers because there's so much interest in what's going on in Austin. Oh, I'm sure. So that was something else we kind of touched on a little bit that I was uh, I wanted to ask you about was uh, one of your venture capitalists moved here. I don't have his name handy. Uh, was Ben something uh, moved here in in November and gave an interview and he was talking about there's a real sense in San Francisco, the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, all that about uh, a fear of missing out. Now that they and that's a very powerful 
just among the Silicon Valley culture, fear of missing out is very powerful. You don't want to miss out on the next big thing or the next great investment. And so there's so much going on in Austin. I can see where that's a magnet. People want to be there on the scene and they want to be there feeling like they're there early. And I know there's been many, many years of growth, but I, I feel like there's that FOMO uh, factor that kicks in. And I've seen you know names pop up in the Austin press. It's like, oh, Shoot, here we've lost another Bay Area resident to Austin. Uh, J.D. Ross used to be at Open Door, now uh, an investor in, in Austin. Yeah, I've, I've talked to one guy. Um, I, we're still talking about getting him on, so I don't want to say too much, but uh, he was up there at DoorDash, and I'm sure he's been having to talk to a lot of attorneys lately is probably why he hasn't returned my call lately. <laughs> but. <laughs> You know, it, it seems well, good. Well, I was going to say some of my sources, I'll talk to them about moving, but the state is so aggressive in going after former residents who they think owe taxes to the state of California that people go into hiding or they try to lie low or not, you know, mention taxes as the reason for the move. And I've experienced that as well. Hesitation on the part of former Californians wanting to discuss their move because they don't want to be in the, the public eye, so to speak, given the state's aggressiveness. Oh, so we're the well, witness protection program. Like <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> so, um, so, I guess the um, let me think how I want to phrase this. The the business leaders are are recognizing the situation. The political leaders, it sounds like, are not. Is there some kind of plan by anybody? I, I I know, like the Bay Area Council, I mentioned them earlier, they, they've but turned the phrase business climate denier. And I think I always felt like it was the exodus denier that isn't recognizing what's happening. Um, I, I just think that politically, at some point, California has to wake up. As you know, there's a recall movement against the California governor. Um, I had one site selection consultant say that the people he's talking to in California are hoping there's a Ronald Reagan in the wings. And I can't even imagine Ronald Reagan winning in California today, given the state's, you know, very liberal democratic bias. That, um, but I just feel like somewhere along the way, these are the state legislature has to wake up and realize that, you know, people are, are voting with their feet. Yeah, obviously. So, um, Let's ask you a few questions. Have you been to Austin? I have been to Austin. It's been a while. I used to have family there until recently. And that was fun because you just heard about the growth of the city. So it's been a it's been a while since I was there for an industry conference and Michael Dell came to speak. Um, and it just even then it had a high level, it had a great energy level, you know, whether it was music or even business and entrepreneurial entrepreneurs. And we went off to Dell to visit the campus. Um, so, but it's been a while. Oh, nothing's changed. <laughs> I have fun looking at the skyline, you know, from 10 years ago and today. And so uh, it's time for me to get back there. Well, you have an invitation. Yeah. Well, thank you. Walk out to the Salt Lake and have some barbecue. <laughs> Sounds like a good deal. So it was funny when we first started this podcast, I ran across a uh, photograph I had, and Joel and I were talking about it. It was from 2003, right, Joel? It was right around your birthday or something. And uh, it was the first skyscraper 
real skyscraper that we had going up in Austin, you know, just 17 years ago. And now you can't, you're lucky if you can find that building in the skyline. (laughs) And to think it was less than 20 years ago, that is just how dramatic the the growth has been. Yeah. So I was reading an article the other day um, about some central Texans actually moving to California. Not sure how that's going to work for them. And opening real barbecue restaurants. And, you know, they said that you guys seem to really love the food. We are, we are such foodies here in California, so I can see where they're seeing an opportunity. That sounds like a delicious opportunity. to. Yeah, although he did it. complain about the permitting process for a offset smoker. <laughs> Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, we talk to small business owners here in the Bay Area, and it is just trial and tribulation for what they go through to set up shop. So along that same line, we've been talking about the climate in California driving everyone to Texas. What what good things are happening there? What There's quite a bit of innovation and opportunity in the whole startup ecosystem. And even now, because a standard question I ask now is, are you going to leave the Bay Area or is your company moving? You know, because so many are doing it, we check on that. And we've had some uh, entrepreneurs be very passionate about San Francisco and Silicon Valley, the openness um, in the culture that uh, they find very welcoming and their commitment to staying here for that reason. So there is a big draw uh, still for the, the region, innovation, great universities. Oh, excellent universities. Yeah. Uh, yes. We're quite proud I, of I spent time in California, uh, both in uh, Los Gatos and, and in Southern California, and it is just a stunningly beautiful state. I mean, just remarkably beautiful. Uh, it, it is. And... It's it's just amazing to me that people. It would seem like it would be hard to give that up, but uh, evidently everything has a price. <laughs> so. I think everything does have a you know price because it, it, it is so beautiful. You know, you you talk about um, some of these valley communities; they're they're just beautiful and wonderful. Um, but, you know, you start doing the number crunching. And I think for some, it's, it's time for them to move. And when, there's an, an Aust- and when there's an option like Austin, it gets easier to make that decision. But clearly, there's still uh, big talent magnets in the Bay Area. And I mentioned the innovation. Biotech is huge. And now with COVID, a lot of money pouring into research and development uh, uh, there as well. So there's certainly some powerful draws for California, but I think what's unusual for here in the state is like, this is the first time since we had statehood in 1850 that we're likely to lose uh, congressional dele- uh, representation wow. due to population decline. So that's, that, that's what I'm saying. This is historic in terms of its impact and the, the turning point we seem to be in. Well, so I was out there uh, one time I had to go out to um, AMD out there in the Bay um, Bay area and had to, because of where my hotel was, had to take the 101 every day. And I was just stunned at the traffic. and couldn't have ever imagined, you know, having to drive in that kind of traffic. Now, we get to drive in that traffic every day. Ours is called Loop One, and it's the same kind of thing. Have you guys noticed any lightning of traffic out there? <laughs> uh, 
maybe if you blame COVID, but uh, before COVID, it was even worse. Can you imagine that? Even worse than what you experienced when you came out to visit with AMD. Um, we were getting things where companies were moving offices because going, you know, uh, what was a 45 minute ride was now two hours. It's that type of traffic, you know, uh, somebody was coming up to San Francisco from San Jose and I called them and said, you know, Hey, if you've got to cancel cause traffic's too bad, you know, we can do this another day. Cause they were just, it was getting to that absurd traffic was horrendous. Um, we were, you know, we, the Bay area council found that when they surveyed barrier residents for saying, are you thinking about leaving in three years? It had exceeded 50% uh, because and traffic is one of the big factors. So that changes your life when you've got to go through those type of commutes. Well, uh, with COVID and the uh, discovery that, hey, I don't have to go into the office to work, do you think that'll change uh, the traffic angst? It may change the traffic angst, but they'll probably be sitting in traffic in Austin. <laughs> That's what's changed so dramatically is companies from startups to the big companies have realized we don't need our people sitting here in the Bay Area. They can be anywhere. We can hire anywhere. And I, for a while there, it was extremely difficult for some of these startups to hire here in the region because they were going up against Facebook and Google. And now that a, a county like Facebook says we can let people work wherever they want for you know long term and a permanent basis, it's really changing that whole dynamic. It's been fun to see some towns step up and offer free land or cash to get Bay Area residents and other, you know, tech workers to their communities. I know Austin's not doing it. It does not need to. But it's been interesting to see those type of uh, lures put out there. No, we just give huge tax breaks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a biggie. Yeah. No, I know the like I said, when I was there doing stuff at AMD, I would talk to the people and they would say, I would say, how long does it take you again to work? You know, I think I was thinking that 101 drive was horrendous. And they're like, oh, I live in Tracy. And it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like mm. two hours yeah, each way or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that stunned me. Um, so what else? Do I, this is such a rare well, opportunity, I Joel. Let's say that we could have much better traffic but we wanted you guys to feel at home. Yeah. <laughs> so you're doing it for us. So we feel yeah. welcomed, you know. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, and for years, we've never believed in any kind of mass transit system other than our bus that basically didn't serve anybody out of the very central core community. So it, I, hear, I, hear, I hear even that's changed where you passed a, a major tax increase to fund. Yeah, well. Joel's going to tell you, don't get me started on that. <laughs> they came out. Did you see they came out with the final plan, Joel, to make that a hike and bike trail to the airport? Yeah. Right. So our airport sits about, what, 10 miles east of town? Yeah. They, yeah, it's the old Air Force Base east of town. Right. So they created, there were some existing tra train tracks that went out there. And, you know, I for years was going, when are we going to just use those tracks, use those tracks? Well, they put in a uh, this latest thing, and we passed it, and they had this nice little animation of a train coming out of the airport, you know, and going to downtown Austin. And then they announced, no, we're going to pave over those train tracks. We'll just add some more buses. We need a hike and bike trail that goes to the airport. Oh, no, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> hey, it's Austin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing about it is we, we've, 
really fallen in love with the bicycle here, which is hilarious because from May to October, nobody's going to ride their bike to work. It's just too hot. And even then, mm. you're usually too far away. Yeah, so do I want to spend two hours on a bike in 110-degree heat? No. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> trying to figure out how that works. I, that one's been a head-scratcher. This little section of the podcast will never make it to the Austin Chamber of Commerce. No. <laughs> no, they... Uh, we can count on that. Yeah. So... I'm, I'm, like I said, this is such a rare opportunity, Joel, but we always have these ready-made questions that we can ask our local folks. Like, and, uh, what's the weirdest thing you've seen in Austin? We had thought about asking you that question, what's the weirdest thing you've seen in San Francisco, but we were terrified of your answer. <laughs> Where would I begin? You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, we get normal weird. I mean, you know, so... We're not used to anything too shocking. <laughs> but, um, so why haven't you moved? Well, I love my job. Covering, I feel like I'm the welcome wagon in reverse. You know, people leave and will call to let me know, hey, I'm out of here. I'm going so-and-so, you know, we're going this or that. So I do enjoy uh, working the business times and covering this very important issue. So there's that element. It's We mentioned the geography and all the pluses of the region so uh for now i'm here in the bay area oh no. sounds like something i heard earlier in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> for now <laughs> so um with that any questions you want to ask us at this end of the trip uh, yes i'm kind of wondering um what your feeling is in terms of um the the, the growth the influx um just you know we mentioned traffic uh, what's it doing for your your housing or the just the spirit of the city joel you want to start well like i said it hadn't changed much uh okay so i have to preface this by saying next month will be my 40th anniversary of moving to austin so when i moved here uh I used to call my friends back in Arizona, which if you've ever been to Phoenix, you know there was no northwest, north, south, east, west uh, throughway. You had to take surface streets, and it would take you hours to get across town. I would call my friends up and say, dude, you can't believe it. You can get anywhere in this town in 20 minutes. It's incredible. Any time of day. So with that as the foundation of my uh, impressions of the changes of Austin, uh, it has, the town has become a city. I'll put it like that. Mm -hmm. uh, it used to be everybody, you were only two or three degrees separated from somebody else. And now it's, it's kind of like an international village. If, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. That's a good description. Yeah. And so I probably came in about 12 years after Joel. And even when I moved here, I lived in the northwest side of town and drove to the southeast side. And it was 20 minutes, like he was saying. It still wasn't any bigger. We really, 
in my mind, didn't really start experiencing the explosive growth until about 2000. Would you say that's right, Joel? Yeah, that's exactly when it right. started. Up. And you've seen home prices, you know, more than double uh, in yeah. that 20 years. You've seen uh, just the number of people, it, a drive that used to take 20 minutes, even as recently as 20 years ago, now takes about an hour and a half, depending on the time of day. Yes. Mm. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of shock like that. We've obviously, um, when it was a much smaller place, we had a lot more local businesses that everybody had to frequent because there wasn't a big choice of <laughs> a lot of things. And now we've had all these things move in and, you know, we're happy to have them, but when this COVID hit, we lost some old time stuff that was really um, local flavor. Yeah. Very local yeah. flavor. And we see a lot of that with, with this is, you know, forcing people out. I don't out. think that's unique to Austin either though. I think, I think that's one of the sad truths to this whole pandemic worldwide. When we've seen the other thing we've seen is the uh, real gentrification of the east side of the city uh, because people want to live so close to downtown and there was just no more land available. So they're kind of pricing out the old time residents there, you know, with the property taxes going up so much as they're building all the new stuff. So that's well, it has, it has created an interesting conundrum. Uh, as homeowners, we just love the fact that our home values have skyrocketed. It's like we get our tax appraisals and go, oh, my. Or we'll look at Zillow and it's, no, can't be. And so it's like, honey, let's sell the house. We can make six times our money. But then where are you going to move? Because you're going to pay six times what you thought it was worth. So it's kind of an interesting situation. No. Yes, it is. It I, almost sounds like a Californian in some respect. Your home price is soaring so much in value in recent yeah, years. But you still got to live somewhere. So what we'll do is uh, sell the house at six times what we paid for it and move to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> and buy a street. <laughs> You're right about that. <laughs> Yeah. Is there animosity with, against Californians as we're seeing like in Oregon or Idaho uh, because of the, the strong influx? I think uh, I, Californians are an easy target. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, uh, I've spent a lot of time in Colorado and boo, boy, they, they hate Texans. <laughs> Texans and Californians, you know, uh, there's a lot of talk about Californians and the fact that they're coming here. We love your money, but it also is just tied in with uh, all of us old curmudgeons that bemoan the fact that Austin is outgrown its britches. Mm-hmm. Well, there's that. Yeah. And there's the, um, you know, yeah, as Joel said, we just kind of look at them and go, huh, another Californian. But then deep down inside, there is a lot of people that do have a fear that, they're going to come out here and vote for the same things that drove them out, you know, and that, that is a real fear with people. But for the most part, no, I don't think anybody has any 
nothing really against them. It's just kind of, like you said, an easy target. It's like, huh, there's another California car surprise. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember at one point, Charles Schwab moved thousands of jobs to Texas, and somebody tweeted to Chuck Schwab, said, uh, send the jobs, keep the Californians. So we <laughs> had a good chuckle over that. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a bumper sticker the other day that said, sorry, Austin is full, but I hear Houston is nice. <laughs> well, remember what Nashville did to us? <laughs> Oh, Nashville had a bunch of their uh, recording artists record a song that basically said it's much nicer in Austin. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. They're like, the yeah, Nashville the outside of being a boomtown. Yeah, and they were like, Nashville isn't that cool a city. Austin's much cooler. <laughs> you know, we, it's, it's just kind of an interesting phenomenon is what it is. And I have to admit the fact that we don't have a state personal income tax has got to be compelling. Oh, very much so. And I mean, I'm, I'm, we're even talking, you know, reporters. So, you know, reporter salaries. Uh, I had a friend who moved here from uh, San Antonio and she said she was stunned at how much uh, of her paycheck went to California taxes yeah. uh, versus Texas, you know. So um, it, it does hit your pocketbook. I think the biggest change we've seen this year is how many people are coming from the Northeast now, which we, we get a few, you know, but I guess New York and New Jersey are basically in the same boat as you guys as far as taxes yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ugly, you know, and uh, now with the lockdowns, you're really missing the the benefits of sitting in New York. So they're, they're looking to move out. I hear Florida is also getting a lot of the um, transplants out of New York. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, it's like if you're going to be homeless, might as well be warm. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, anything, anything else you want to quiz us on? I, I don't think so. I, I, I feel like we've hit a lot of the the uh, the good talking points. Um, so, unless there was, you know, if, if there was something you were thinking of, but um, no, I I'm, feel good. I'm, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, no, it's great to have you on. Um, it, it's a learning experience from us for us because, you know, a lot of times we do scratch our head and go, why is everybody coming here? You know, yeah. what, what is going on that's driving all this? Hey, I mean, a whole bunch of people are trying to recall our mayor. You know, it's... <laughs> They're like, stop the new people. <laughs> so... Um, really the conversation yeah and, this was uh, a lot of fun you have an open invitation to come visit us in austin wonderful you, I, I don't be surprised that I, if i don't give you a call and take you up on that yeah i really appreciate it and Please. you know like i said if anything big news wise drops let us know we'll break we'll it here <laughs> well um thanks for for being on mark i really do appreciate it and um just be sure that when you leave you turn the lights off okay <laughs> that's a good one thanks <laughs> all right well thanks everyone and uh, we'll see you next time on the trail to austin bye-bye